Hang on there one second. Let's go ahead and take a minute to pay the bills. Have you ever thought about starting your own podcast? When I was trying to get this podcast off the ground, I had so many questions. How do I record an episode? Where do I find background music? How do I get my show on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and all the other places that you like to listen to podcasts? Where do I find advertisers? The answer to every single one of those questions is really simple. Anchor. Anchor is a one-stop shop for recording, hosting, distributing, and monetizing your podcast. And best of all, it's 100% free and 100% ridiculously easy to use. So if you're always wanted to start a podcast, go to anchor.fm slash start. That's anchor.fm slash start to join me and the diverse community of podcasters already using Anchor. That's anchor.fm slash start. Can't wait to hear your podcast. The following podcast has not been rated. Listening to Fullbacks Are People Too, The Fact. And here's your host, CJ Newman. Hey, hey, hey. You're listening to Fullbacks Are People Too, The Fact. Guess what happened this week, ladies and gentlemen? Yeah, that's right. The NFL landscape shook up once again. The NFL draft took place, and it was a doozy this time. I was uh, quite impressed with the way that the teams handled this this year. So uh, let's go ahead and dive into it. We'll take a look at the situation with Arizona Cardinals going at number one. They sat on the clock for quite a while, and I was I don't know about you guys, but I was actually watching the NFL Network version of the uh, draft this year. So I was looking at the Cardinals' war room. Uh, in there and nobody was moving. I thought it was literally a still frame of those guys just sitting there. They just sat there on their hands and I think towards like two minutes left, three minutes left, they finally got on the phone. Uh, two people got on the phone in there, uh, Steve Kimes and the new uh, Cardinals head coach as well. So nothing happened until about three minutes left at the clock. They literally just sat there. Nobody called them. Nobody did anything. Nobody wanted that number one overall pick, it would seem like. So, uh, of course... The Arizona Cardinals, they went with Kyler Murray, and it was not a surprise based on how many people and uh, how many teams and whatnot have spread the rumors about it over the past couple weeks that the Arizona Cardinals, even after just one year removed, uh, picking Josh Rosen number 10 overall, have gone in and picked their new franchise quarterback. So it was... It was an interesting pick. Uh, I'm happy for the Cardinals that they got their new guy. Then again, I thought I was happy for them last year that they got their new guy. So what's going to happen uh, going forward? Uh, after that day, uh, Saturday came along. I'm sorry, Friday came along, which was day two of the draft. Towards the end of the second round, it was announced that the Miami Dolphins had traded their second round pick and their fifth round pick 
to the Arizona Cardinals for Josh Rosen. So it looks like Kyler Murray doesn't have to worry about that uh, issue breathing over his neck or there's going to be no competition, it sounds like, for uh, the start of training camp. Kyler Murray is going to have to go in and still earn the job, but he's not going to have that obstacle Josh Rosen to worry about. Should be interesting to see what happens in Miami because uh, now they've got uh, Brian Fitzpatrick and Mr. Uh, Josh Rosen joining the team now. So is Josh Rosen going to walk on and take the position or is Ryan Fitzmagic going to come in and still hold the job? They paid the man uh, backup money as far as Ryan Fitzpatrick is concerned. So is he going to play the backup role? Is he going to play the starter? They got to keep it in mind a couple weeks ago, the videos and the photos surfaced of Ryan Fitzpatrick being well out of shape. So who knows what's going to happen with that? Maybe he can get back into shape. Maybe Ryan Fitzpatrick can come in and uh, have seven touchdown games. Then all of a sudden start throwing seven interceptions again. It's a Ryan Fitzpatrick thing. It happens every other year. I, I don't know what's going to happen. It's, it's going to be, it's going to be uh, quite a show over the next couple of weeks to see how this magic unfolds. I'm interested to see how uh, Nick Bosa is going to do with the San Francisco 49ers. Nick Bosa was taken number two overall. I'm very happy for him. He should be lining up opposite of D Ford. So uh, going into a 4-3 offense, or sorry, 4-3 defense, it sounds like those two are going to... Uh, be the bookends for that team. That defense is looking pretty scary as far as I'm concerned. I can't imagine that it's going to be really hard for that team to get some sacks out of uh, out of this out of their opponents this year, especially uh, the offensive lines that they're going to be facing in, in the year coming up. Very happy for Nick Bosa, um, obviously the brother of Joey Bosa. So the lineage between those two and even their father being in line, um, it's it's genetics it, it sounds like the kid's gonna be an athlete I, i'm really hoping the best for him i think he's gonna be a stud that's just my opinion i've seen him in college he made a great business decision in my view to not play for his school this past year when he got injured so it made sense for him not to rush everything he didn't participate in any combine drills or anything like that so i'm pretty happy for him in making that business decision and more players should start making that business decision in my opinion it, you really shouldn't be bullied into doing everything that you have to for the combine i personally am of the opinion that if everybody does the combine there's a possibility and it has happened before where somebody's going to get injured at either the combine or their pro day so why bother you're going to risk yourself and you're not getting any extra money for that you're not even getting an appearance fee or anything like that come on now it's a business decision at that point Another move that shocked relatively few was the move at number three that the New York Giants had made, and that was getting Keenan Williams, a defensive tackle out of Alabama. That was a uh, it, it shocked me in the sense that I thought the New York Giants, New York Jets were going to trade out. I thought they were going to try to acquire more picks. They were going to try to rebuild that roster. But when you're sitting there at number three and you got Keenan Williams sitting in your lap, it makes sense to take that pick because he's a great up-the-middle pass rusher who can really get the job done. He can bulldoze guards and centers. He's He was really good with his time out in Alabama. He's from a great lineage of coaching, obviously. So I would like to see how things are going to uh, go as far as Keenan Williams' future. It's, it's hit or miss when it comes to Alabama players. They do great in college, but some people go the way of Trent Richardson and don't exactly stick it out in the NFL. So we're going to see how Mr. 
Williams does moving forward. I got a lot of faith in him. I've seen his footage. I've seen his highlights, but I've also seen his film. I've seen his ups and downs, and I got to tell you, I think that he's going to be great in the NFL. It was a good move on the part of the New York Jets to stay packed and actually take the pick. Um, they could have traded back and gotten a pass rusher, but at the same time, you got another stud uh, defensive tackle for the immediate future moving forward. I personally would have thought about trading back and um, maybe getting a wide receiver or getting a tight end or getting another running back to go behind Le'Veon Bell, but that's just my perspective. I mean, the team seems to be okay on defense. Maybe they could have traded back even further. got a corner because the corners didn't really start getting hit until the end of the first round. There was only one corner taking this entire class, which is a little shocking, but I guess the depth just wasn't there. It was more of a pass rush and more of an interior defensive line and uh, offensive line draft this year, it seems like. So <clears throat> good for the Jets and staying back. Good for the Jets in doing what they had to do to acquire Keenan Williams, which was really nothing. They stayed right where they were at number three. They had to move up to number three last year in order to get Sam Darnold, and they, oof, uh, it was only a couple picks, too. I believe it was from six to three, and they they had to mortgage the house in order to get that. So good for them in that pick. Not really too much to talk about, even though I rambled on for the past two minutes about it. The uh, Oakland Raiders turned some heads at number four. There was a lot of expectation that it was either going to be Josh Allen or it was going to be Devin White or even Ed Oliver uh, at number four. But Clellan Farrell was the defensive end out of Clemson that was taken at that position. And there was a lot of rumors going on over the past two weeks that the Oakland Raiders were going to turn some heads with this number four pick. And yeah, you turned my head. I wasn't expecting Clellan Farrell to uh, be the number four pick. I wasn't expecting him to be taken until the twenties, to be quite honest with you. But it sounds like Oakland has got their pass rusher of the future. They were really looking uh, for somebody to replace Khalil Mack after they'd traded them away like the dumbasses that they are but uh they really needed the backfill of quite a few positions and it looks like they did in clown and feral um a lot of people and even uh chris sims on his own podcast has said that uh clown feral was the number three edge rusher on his own team let alone not being the number four overall player in the NFL draft. So it was kind of confusing to a lot of people as to why the Raiders went and decided to go with the uh, pass rusher so early when they could have taken, uh, honestly, they could have taken other pass rushers too, that I feel were more worthy of the position, such as Josh Allen. Josh Allen, I think is a much better player. Uh, Ed Oliver would have been a great idea for the interior line and they need help in interior line too. So I'm, it's it's confusing, but Mike Mayock, who used to be a scout for the NFL Network, obviously he saw something in Clellan Farrell, and hopefully it works out for him. I I I think it's going to bite him in the ass. That's just my opinion on it, but I could be wrong, just like a lot of scouts are, just like Mike Mayock probably is. Tampa Bay Buccaneers take uh, Devin White at number five from uh, LSU. He's the Buckus Award winner from 2018. No surprise there. Uh, good job on them. I, I personally would have done the same thing probably. Um, maybe would have took in. I take in Ed Oliver. Maybe would have taken Josh Allen before him. But it's it's a good pick. It's it's a nice linebacker pick. Um, Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Good job. The all right number six. Those of you that watch the draft and those of you that have paid any attention to sports news over the past couple of days, you'll know that the Dumbass of the Year award is going to the New York Giants at number six for taking 
Daniel Jones, the quarterback out of Duke. Oy. So I did my own little mock draft. I, I ranked my own players. And I got to tell you, I didn't even have this guy in the third round. I, I had him in the fourth round as far as uh, player talent. And I, I got to tell you, he's... Ooh, ooh. I can tell why New York Giants fans are mad. I, I understand that the Giants were looking to make a move at quarterback, but at the same time, they didn't even take the best quarterback available. They took they took this guy at a Duke, and I, I'm just I'm flabbergasted at the move. There was rumors over the past week in regards to the New York Giants taking him at 17. He would have been there at 17. There's no doubt in my mind. Uh, I would have personally taken Dwayne Haskins if I was looking at a quarterback, but uh, this move was dumb. It definitely was not a great move at all. The quarterback is not that great at all. He's got accuracy issues. He really is much better at uh, going to the board and telling you, about formations and whatnot, as opposed to physically on the field, having the gifts that he needs to perform well. He's sloppy. He's very raw. He can't get the job done. And that's not just my opinion. That's just watching film on him. That was a horrible move by the New York Giants. Shame on them. That's bad, and they should feel bad. I don't understand why they made this move and in about two or three years they're going to be making another move at quarterback you mark my words at least they should be thinking in two to three years when they're sucking hind tit in that division trying to turn the team around after eli's gone and boy this probably pissed eli off something serious too thinking about it i would be uh pissed off too if i was eli number six they could have got a fucking pass rusher that could help them something serious or a defensive uh tackle that could help the team and actually keep the offense off the field or i should say keep the defense off the field more often and get the offense more of an opportunity to go out there and score touchdowns but no let's go out and get a quarterback who sucks well, Josh Allen finally came off the board at number seven to the Jacksonville Jaguars. Josh Allen, the linebacker out of Kentucky, is a great pass rusher. He was the uh, Nagurski Trophy winner and the Bednarik Award winner. I don't fucking know what either of those two awards are, but uh, he's a damn good pass rusher, and I'm actually kind of shocked he slid as far as he did. I thought for sure he was at least top five. I thought he would go number five to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, but... um it's it's a little shocking to me but the rich keep getting richer as far as that defense is concerned they really should have went and traded back and got more offensive players that's my view on it because the jacksonville jaguars are pretty set on defense they've got a strong front seven they've got two of the best damn corners in the league maybe they could have went back traded back and got some safety help that could have helped on the defense i think they should have stayed away from the defense in the first round and they should have went and got some weapons for nick Foles to play with or even got their next quarterback after nick Foles. because let's face facts nick Foles is a band-aid for right now he is the quarterback for the next two to three years maybe more if they get a quarterback in the draft that they want to groom so he could be a four to five year solution while the other person is 
is an understudy underneath of him. But it's not something that is supposed to be for the next 10 years. This guy is a Band-Aid for right now, and they need to plan as such. And I don't think the Jacksonville Jaguars are right now. They could Hell, they could have taken Dwayne Haskins. I would have taken Dwayne Haskins. I honestly would have traded up and probably taken Kyler Murray. But Kyler Murray does have some knocks on him, and that being that he's uh, – but too short and he doesn't weigh as much and he would probably get trucked if uh, the offensive line were to let up and he were to actually get sacked. So there are knocks on Kyler Murray and I understand why they wouldn't want to take Kyler Murray, but there Dwayne Haskins is a pretty damn good pass uh, passer in the NFL. Why can't he be the guy that went to the Jacksonville Jaguars? I think it was a mistake to go and get more defensive players. And I think Jacksonville Jaguars fans are probably scratching their head, wondering why they didn't go offense. So with that said, uh, welcome to the Jacksonville Jaguars, Josh Allen, and I hope you uh, know how to play tight end. This whole draft has been pretty head scratching. Uh, It was pretty interesting to say the least, but with uh, the Detroit Lions being next on the clock, they chose TJ Hawkinson, who granted was the Mackey Award winner, which if you're not a fan of football, as far as the college level, Mackey Award winner is the best tight end in the the, uh, NCAA. So... Uh, they chose TJ Hawkinson, the tight end out of Iowa, not the tight end. He's one of two tight ends that were in the draft out of Iowa that did pretty damn good. So uh, they really need some help on defense. So it's quite the opposite as uh, it was for the Jacksonville Jaguars. They need defensive help. Maybe these two should have swapped picks is what I'm getting at. Uh, the Jacksonville Jaguars and the Detroit Lions. Maybe Josh Allen should have came in and helped out the Detroit Lions. And then TJ Hawkinson could have went to the Jacksonville Jaguars and gave Nick uh, Foles a run for his money for as far as uh, getting some pass catching. So I, I don't know why uh, Detroit, especially just a couple years ago, they took a tight end and it was Eric Ebron and he kind of sucked and Eric Ebron has done much better with the Indianapolis Colts, but he sucked with the Detroit Lions. He was not that good. He couldn't block worth of shit, but now he's he's doing pretty good with the Indianapolis Colts. Good for him, but it is time with the Detroit Lions sucked. Uh, nonetheless, they busted on that pick. So why do they keep going offense here? They need help on defense. And Matt Patricia is a defensive guy. So why aren't they getting the help that they need on defense, such as an Ed Oliver, such as a Josh Allen? Why aren't they doing something that could help this team? Devin Bush was on the board and they could have had that linebacker. What the hell? This team doesn't make sense to me. And I think that uh, Matt Stafford is good enough to make plays on his own as far as the weapons that he has now, but they really needed help with the defense. And it just, it didn't make sense to me, this pick at all, man, did the Buffalo bill stumble into shit and come out smelling like a rose. They got probably the number four on my board, uh, picking this entire draft in Ed Oliver defensive tackle out of Houston. So Ed Oliver is one of those guys who can really bust up the middle and uh, fuck up your play basically any day. He may not get a sack on you, but he's going to bust up the middle and really cause some havoc. He is really good against the run. Uh, he has been known to get some sacks, and he's a pretty damn good player, and I'm really looking forward to see what he does for the uh, Buffalo Bills. Maybe he could be the next Mario Williams. We'll see what's going what's gonna to happen with that kid, but uh, I was impressed with the film with him. I was impressed, more impressed with his highlights, obviously, but his... Uh, his film, he's he's got good technique. He's going to be uh, every down uh, defensive tackle, in my view. He can get it done. He's he's one hell of a player, and I, the fact that he slid to number nine is is shocking to me. I don't know why he wasn't taken much sooner than he was. He should have gone 
number four, number five to uh, either Oakland or Tampa, one of the John Gruden teams. But um, it's it's amazing to me that he slid as far as he did, and I feel that he is a great asset to any team that uh, needs him. And Buffalo Bills honestly didn't really need him at this point. It's kind of another Jacksonville Jaguars situation. Let's face the facts. Look at the stats from last year. The number one NFL defense last year was the Baltimore Ravens. Everybody knows that because they're fucking awesome. And uh, that's kind of me being a homer. But regardless, number two in the entire league was the Buffalo Bills. So they, if they actually had a decent offense for eight of those games last year, think about it. The Buffalo Bills would have been a damn good team last year and would have got 10, 11, 12 wins, but they didn't have the offense. They didn't have anything around Josh Allen. So they really needed to go offensive heavy. But this, as I keep saying, this team needs to go and get offensive players, needs to trade back and get offensive players. This is a very defensive heavy draft. They need to, uh, I need to realize now that it was mostly pass rushers, interior defensive linemen, an offensive lineman draft, and that the studs just didn't exist this year as far as first round talent were concerned for the wide receivers for the tight ends for the running backs and for any other offensive position so i i'm starting to realize as i'm rambling and running my mouth about some of these teams positions that they had to take the best available but at the same time i would have took the best available as i traded back and got a better offensive weapon for josh allen to play with uh Josh Allen's going to need all the help he can get. Honestly, he's going to be running for his life. I don't think that uh, offensive line is that great. I watched him play last year, and he got uh, drilled on his ass, and he was able to uh, skate the pocket and run quite a bit. He ran almost as much as Lamar Jackson as far as uh, rushing yards were concerned, but he's not supposed to be a rushing quarterback. He's he's not a mobile quarterback. He ran out of necessity last year. The offensive line was starting to crumble around him. They needed help on the O-line. They could have went tackle and there were some first round, early first round uh, draft picks that could have went as far as uh, tackle and guard, but Buffalo said uh, we've got Ed Oliver here and it makes sense. So it really does make sense to me. Uh, now that I'm talking it out and I'm, uh, I guess this podcast is more of a therapy session than anything. I'm talking it out as I talk to you guys and I wouldn't have gave up the chance to get out Oliver either, unless I was able to get a shitload of picks by trading back for Ed Oliver's position there at number nine. I'm just still shocked that Ed Oliver fell into their laps at number nine. It shouldn't have happened that way. It should have been a different player, but it happened, and Buffalo got one hell of a defensive tackle, one hell of a nose tackle going forward, and I'm uh, pretty stoked to see what's going to happen with uh, him going forward. Denver was next on the board, and we have our first trade of draft night. Denver traded down with the Pittsburgh Steelers going from 10 to 20. Uh, the Pittsburgh Steelers <clears throat> then picked up Devin Bush, the linebacker out of Michigan. Uh, great pick by the Pittsburgh Steelers. I personally like the pick because they needed somebody to fill the Ryan Shazier position ever since Mr. Shazier had his incident about two years ago now, two seasons ago, with the uh, Cincinnati Bengals and making that tackle and becoming uh, paralyzed. He has since uh, obviously recovered very well, and now he's doing uh, box jumps and all sorts of happy horse shit now. But I think his days of playing football might very well be over unless he's able to uh, catastrophically recover and uh, there's 
no chance that a doctor honestly is going to sign off on the poor guy. I feel bad for him, even though he's a Pittsburgh Steeler. I don't feel that anybody deserves to have their career end like that. It's It sucks, but uh, that's not what we're here about. We're here about Devin Bush, who is going to be heading to the Pittsburgh Steelers to um, possibly be the inside linebacker that they need to replace Ryan Shazier, uh, possibly be a team captain. We don't know. He was pretty damn good when he was in Michigan. So we'll... Uh We'll see how the guy does in the middle. I imagine he's not going to be an edge rushing uh, linebacker, but that's it very well could happen. I imagine him being a, uh, a run stopper, a possible blitz once in a while uh, linebacker, a guy who would shoot the gap. He did very well at all three of those things when he was in college. I'm pretty impressed. I honestly was hoping that Devin Bush would fall down to our position at uh, number 22, but it was not to happen and Pittsburgh knew that. So they traded up to get him just to make sure that he wouldn't fall to the Baltimore Ravens. And it makes sense. It's, it's definitely uh, something that has been on my mind and it's probably been on their mind for a while. So they got their player good for them. I personally had uh, Devin Bush ranked in probably about 15. I was hoping he'd fall to us, but man, shit happens. Good for him. Uh, I'm glad that uh, Devin Bush got picked at number 10 sucks. He's got to go to Pittsburgh Steelers, but what are you going to do? You go where you're drafted, and typically people don't hold out for other uh, teams and whatnot to be traded to, unless you're John Elway or uh, Eli Manning. And I don't see Devin Bush commanding that kind of power. Uh, not too many sexy picks going forward. Um, Cincinnati Bengals took Jonah Williams, the offensive tackle out of Alabama. He's supposed to be a good right tackle, but uh, Cincinnati Bengals desperately need quarterback. Uh, they don't have Andy Dalton signed beyond this year. So I'm curious um, as I record this address over. So I'm not curious. I already know that they uh, picked up another quarterback in the later rounds. So it, uh, I guess it makes sense if they're able to get their quarterback of the future in the later rounds. Maybe he's not the quarterback of the future, and maybe Cincinnati's going to be picking early next year and getting Tua out of Alabama. Who knows? But I guess I subscribe to Sean Alvishire's theory of you don't take a tackle in the first round unless you've got a quarterback to protect. So it makes a lot of sense to me that you take the quarterback before you take the tackle. But... Uh, I've said this a couple times. Dwayne Haskins should not have fell to number 15. It's it amazes me that he did. Um, he's probably the second best, maybe third best. If you think of uh, I honestly thought Drew Locke was better, but that's my thoughts. Um, Dwayne Haskins is a damn good quarterback, and I think he'll he'll make his team happy. We'll get to Dwayne at number 15 in a couple of minutes. But um, Cincinnati is going to continue to suck, in my view, until they don't and they're going to need a quarterback in the future because the team is not necessarily a bad team. They got a new coach. Um, they, they've got some pretty good uh, players on the defense. They've got offensive weapons at the asshole. So I don't know how they keep struggling. It just amazes me how the Cincinnati Bengals are able to keep doing Cincinnati Bengals things and being second, third in a division. Quite frankly, next year they could be looking at the basement. I don't know. It, it's it just blows my mind. Um, but they they were the basement this year. Now I'm thinking about it. Cleveland Browns have even surpassed them. So what the hell? What are they doing? The 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 owner is just 
sitting on his hands while this team sucks and he isn't doing anything about it. He's not he's not going out and saying get that quarterback. He <sighs> Brown needs to reevaluate his team. Mike Brown needs to reevaluate and he's not going to do it anytime soon. And it's, it's frustrating if you're a Cincinnati Bengals fan, I quite frankly give a shit less because I'm a Baltimore Ravens fan, but I, I love having competition at the division and seeing the Bengals suck as much as they are. It's frustrating as an AFC North fan. And the Green Bay Packers picked next at their natural position at number 12. They chose Rashawn Gary, the defensive end out of Michigan. So if you're keeping score at home, ladies and gentlemen, that's two Michigan players in the top 12. Good for them. It is a, uh, yeah, it is. It was a good move. Uh, I had Rashawn Gary ranked a little lower than this. I thought that he would uh, possibly reach into the 20s, but uh, Green Bay definitely needs some help on defense. They definitely need a pass rusher now that uh, Mr. Clay Matthews is over in Los Angeles with the Rams franchise. They could definitely use some help, and honestly, he hasn't been that productive for the past couple years, so they needed some help. Uh, They got Zadarius Smith there, so we're going to see how... uh, Zadarius Smith and Mr. Rashad Gary are going to team up if he's able to make that transfer from a 4-3 defensive end into a 3-4 outside linebacker. We don't know, but I got a good feeling that it's it's going to be relatively some of the same things. You might have to put his uh, go from putting his hand into the dirt into actually standing full up as a offensive uh, as a outside linebacker, but um. I could see it working out. And Rashawn Gary's got these skills. He's got the motor. He he has the uh, clutch ability to go in and do a strip sack if need be. And I think that he'll have no problems, especially in a Mike Pettin defense over in Green Bay. It should be, it should be a sight to see as far as. Um, those two going together, Zadarius Smith, seeing him firsthand in Baltimore, I can tell you that uh, he was he was hot and cold, but uh, now that he's being paid like he's a top linebacker, who knows? Maybe he's actually going to produce as a top linebacker. I'd like to see it, it happen, but it might just very well be the Rashawn Gary show over in Green Bay. Miami Dolphins were next on the board at number 13, and they went defensive tackle out of Clemson. That's pretty damn good school to pick a player out of it makes a lot of sense so uh they took christian wilkins he was uh in obviously a cc player and i don't know too much about him to be quite honest with you um he's gonna probably be playing nose tackle as far as the miami dolphins are concerned and they're uh i believe they're they're three four defense if i'm not mistaken still they i doubt they're gonna be converting now that they have a new coach but i could be wrong um don't know too much about the dolphins so i'm I'm a little blanked here at number 13. I don't know too much. I'm not going to speak too much about it just because I don't know enough about the situation. But um, good for Christian Wilkins. And uh, they definitely need the help at uh, defensive tackle. I still think that the team is pretty barren overall. So it they could have picked at any position. And I would have been like, good pick. Uh, unless they reached, of course. But um, 
yeah, taking the nose tackle, taking the defensive tackle at number 13, it makes a lot of sense for the position. Uh, they need a run stopper. They need somebody who can uh, shoot the gap. They, they need somebody. And it sounds like Christian Wilkins could do it, but we're going to have to see. I don't, like I said, I don't know too much about this club's a player. And I hope for their sake that they didn't pick a bust. But we're going to find out, obviously, soon enough. Preseason's coming up in August, and I'm looking forward to it. We're going to see how the Miami Dolphins do later on, obviously. And we'll cover this more uh, when I talk about the second round. By the way, we're only going up to number 16 in this podcast episode uh, as far as drafts are concerned. I'll do the remaining uh, 16 of the first round in a separate podcast later on this week. And we'll go over those as well. But uh, later on, the Miami Dolphins... um, as I mentioned earlier, for the second and the fifth round pick, they were able to get Josh Rosen. So they got two positions all shored up. Um, they're still pretty barren there. They need wide receiver help. They need running back help. They need tight end help. They need uh, linebacker help. They need quarterback help. Jesus Christ. They need help overall. I think they're just, they just didn't make too many signings in this free agency. Not many people wanted to come to the Miami Dolphins. It makes a lot of sense because the team sucks. They got a new coach coming in and uh, even though he's a New England coach, not many people are going to want to come to a team that is fucking barren and had Ryan Tannehill as their quarterback for the past couple seasons and it just settled for mediocrity. So Miami Dolphins needed that help and they got some help it seems like Atlanta Falcons were up at number 14 uh they went out of Boston College uh and chose uh Chris Lindstrom guard so thinking that he could possibly play a swing position of both guard and tackle he's a decent uh guard he's a decent tackle as well he's played both in his college days uh Boston College if I'm not mistaken was Ryan uh Matt Ryan's college as well so getting some help out of his old college and um he's going to be helping him out a lot on that offensive line we're going to see what uh what is made of out of chris lindstrom and they definitely needed the help um not only for the pass protection but for the line protection so they can get uh get their boy freeman up the gut and getting him some help as far as open up pass lanes or run lanes i should say so that he's able to uh, get even more yards than he was able to before freeman is a rare air player and if he actually is able to get more room up the center and able to get a run lane as opposed to having to go off tackle and as opposed to having to bulldoze his own lane, then he's going to get more yardage. And it's going to be quite amazing to see next year if uh, Lindstrom is who we, we think he is, if he's able to uh, get some more uh, rushing yardage. So I'm looking forward to this. I'm looking forward to the Atlanta Falcons getting the help that they need. They really need some help on defense too, but I, I don't hate the pick at number 14 uh, going guard. Uh, number 15, finally, the slide stop for Dwayne Haskins out of Ohio State, the quarterback. Uh, the kid threw like 50 fucking touchdowns. I don't understand why he didn't go, get drawn any sooner. So they finally uh, got a situation over in Washington uh, where it resolved with the quarterback situation. They traded uh, back up. Alex Smith broke his leg last year. They were in desperate need of a quarterback. So they traded with the Denver Broncos and were able to get a quarterback who was able to start right away, but at the same time is not the best 
uh, situational quarterback, and they the Washington Redskins realized this, so they went out and got Dwayne Haskins. Good for them. They needed the help at quarterback, and uh, this is not the only time you're going to hear the uh, Washington Redskins name tonight uh, in the draft. So, uh, glad to see Dwayne Haskins stop sliding. Hopefully, he's able to connect with some people. Um, they they're getting the running back back. Uh, his name is escaping me right now, but he was out last year uh, with a torn knee problem, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, Adrian Peterson had to be picked up to, in order to play uh, for him. They've got a couple of weapons as far as wide receiver. Uh, got some good tight ends. So we're going to see how uh, Dwayne Haskins is able to connect. I think he's a day one starter, at least with the Washington franchise, if not with other teams. I think you're going to see him start as opposed to the fucking six pick Daniel Jones. You're going to see him start before uh, Daniel Jones, in my opinion. That's just my thoughts. Uh, the last one we're going to cover tonight, um, not a sexy pick. It's Brian Burns, the linebacker out of Florida State. I really don't know too much about him. So um, ACC player, obviously. I They've produced uh, decent linebackers out of Florida State before, but Carolina definitely needed the help. Um, their current linebacker, uh, Luke, is not getting any younger, and he could use the help and uh, use a successor. So we're going to see if um, – Brian Burns is able to fill that spot and able to fill the big shoes that Luke Keekley has. And I highly doubt that he's able to fill those shoes because Luke Keekley is a rare player. Let's face facts. The guy was probably one of the best inside linebackers I've seen in this generation, this particular generation. I mean, he's not Ray Lewis. He's, um, he's pretty damn good. And he's been to the pro bowl quite a bit. He's been an all pro and, his career is going to be coming to an end if it hasn't already. I haven't even fucking checked it. It would maybe he retired in the past couple minutes. I don't fucking know. So Brian Burns has got a lot of shoes to fill. We're going to see if he's able to line up and play the inside linebacker position and get that green dot on his helmet and be the general of the defense, which I highly doubt. So with that said, we're going to keep in mind that, uh, the rest of the first round and we're going to cover some of the second round and any of the other uh, picks that were pretty shocking in the later rounds. We'll cover that in the next podcast episode, but I wanted to give my thoughts on the first 16 picks right away as soon as I possibly could. Now that we're a day removed from the uh, final day of the draft and uh, we'll continue this thought process moving forward and we'll talk, uh, we'll, we'll pick up with uh, number 17. Who was the New York giants? Ha them dumb fuckers. Uh, spoiler alert. They, they made a dumb move again. Uh, and it's not the only time they made a dumb move that night. And it, there was a third time. Matter of fact. So, uh, moving forward, uh, ladies and gentlemen, thank you very much for listening to the fact again this week. Um, you're going to get a two for this week. Hopefully it sounds like, uh, and I'll, uh, cover the remaining picks of the draft in the next episode. And then the following week, we're going to have, uh, some, we're gonna have a guest. Uh, I don't know who yet. I'm thinking it's going to be an old friend of mine from high school. Who's a Indianapolis Colts fan. If not, I'll get one of the, uh, recurring guys to come on and uh, we'll, we'll go ahead and talk shop again to talk some football but until then factors i appreciate you like share and subscribe uh get this podcast known and until then stay golden i love you guys